Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. And so Nimble is for individuals and teams that value relationships and want to scale those relationships to achieve their goals. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech podcast episode shout out goes to Abel Hernandez. Abel Hernandez, thank you so much for engaging with us on the We Are LA Tech Instagram. We appreciate you. Be sure to say hello to Abel Hernandez on Instagram at Abel Product. That's A-B-E-L-P-R-O-D-U-C-T. Tell him you found him via We Are LA Tech. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Rest is a complicated thing in our world, isn't it? I know I've been resting the last few days and feeling guilty. My mom keeps telling me I need more rest. I feel like I'm playing hooky and I don't deserve rest. (laughs) It's crazy being a driven person. It just feels like rest is illegal. And my mom always said growing up that the most important computer we have is the one attached to our necks you know, our head and our brain, and that at least I don't always allow space to just let my brain recalibrate. Like kind of, you know, when you work out really hard and then you have to like chill to let your muscles recover. Why don't driven people just as a culture allow that space for our brains to just chill and allow ourselves to recover? Anyway, that is what is on my mind today. Enjoy the next episode. Tech Podcast, spotlighting LA Tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest. Yes, John, who has been part of the LA Tech ecosystem since the beginning. It is incredible. Yes. Do you know what makes a tech city a tech city is when we have these amazing companies bringing attention to our city, being built, and there's no better company than Nimble. Welcome, John. Hi. Hey, Esprit. So great to be here with you and your audience. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, of course. So, okay, John, you and I have known each other for like, I thought when I said 10 years, that was too long, but you're like, nope, that's about right. Nimble launched about 10 years ago here in Los Angeles. So tell me all about Nimble and the history, because I mean, I know, but our audience may not. So you bet. Yeah. You bet. Well, actually Nimble's history goes back almost 30 or more years 
because I've been a tech entrepreneur in Southern California since 1989 when I founded Goldmine, which was Outlook and Salesforce before either existed. We started that company in Canoga Park on $5,000, never took a dime of venture, no bank loans, grew it to over $100 million a year in revenue, sold it for cash in 1999, 10 years later. I retired for 10 years, raised three babies. And in the process of uh, getting them all out of the house into school, I started to use social media. And I immediately saw it was how I was going to change the way we work, play, buy, and sell. This was like 2010 or so. And I started looking for a relationship manager that tied my social conversations to a contact platform. Because I know you can't just have conversations in the social platforms or even in like a TweetDeck or Hootsuite. You need to tie it back to the people that you're conversing with. And I couldn't find anything. And then I started looking at the contact platforms that we use, like G Suite, and saw they weren't even good contact managers, let alone social. And then I started looking at CRM, saw they weren't even about relationships. They're about command and control and reporting. And the reason they call it Salesforce, you have to force salespeople to use it. Nobody likes their CRM. And honestly, a CRM should be more than just for salespeople. It should be for the whole company because a company can collectively engages with the constituency around the business in both pre and post sales and in other things like PR and influencer marketing. So I got back in the saddle and I basically built Nimble and we pioneered social selling and social CRM as at first a layer on top of G Suite. And then most recently, because of our integrations with Microsoft, they signed a global reseller agreement with us. And we are now the simple CRM for Microsoft 365. They are actually paying their distributors to push Nimble through their global resellers because our third-party solution helps uh, sell their first-party solutions. Why LA? I mean, especially 10 years and before, like in the 80s, like there was pretty much only Silicon Valley. LA wasn't really even on the map as far as I know, like what I've heard around the block. So why did you choose LA even that early on? I mean, you would know better than me, but I think like the LA tech ecosystem really got popping in like about what, 2008, 2009? Is that right? Or do you know a history of LA that I'm not aware of? Yeah, I know a history of LA you're not aware of. So first off, LA was the tech hub, starting with Howard Hughes. I mean, essentially, Howard Hughes building his originally his airplanes and then uh, his satellites and his missiles and helicopters really fostered an LA tech scene that then he, uh, people from Hughes left to start Litton and TRW and other tech companies. And I actually started at Hughes in my first job. Oh, wow. um, but back in the day, uh, it was more than uh, that. There's a lot of software companies down here. So a company called Ashton Tate was down here. They were D-Base back in the day. Uh, Clipper was out here. So there was a lot of different uh, LA tech companies that were down here. But I'll tell you why I like being out of Silicon Valley. If you've got a massive amount of tech companies fighting for talent, Mm -hmm. then you're going to pay through the nose for rental space. You're going to pay through, you're going to basically overpay for people. I've always loved the access to amazing talent that you have here in Southern California. I mean, you've got great schools like UCLA and USC and Lola Marymount, not to mention all the great state schools that are out here. Mm -hmm. And so the access to talent is tremendous. LA is a great place to start a company and run a company. And other than than talent, how has being in LA specifically helped accelerate Nimble become this tech company with longevity? Well, if you think about it, a lot of new 
movement start in Southern California. I right. Mean, just think about it. We This is really a hop in place for new ideas. And I think it's, you're more accepted for, for marching to a different drummer in LA than maybe you are in the Bay Area. And so I think that just the acceptance and, and the wide open opportunities that, uh, that SoCal presents. Plus, I'm a native. I was born here. I was like, you know, my stomping grounds was uh, Hancock Park, Largemont Avenue, Griffith Park. And, and uh, you know, I've lived in different parts of L.A. I've lived in the valley and I've, uh, now I live in the, the coast uh, in Santa Monica. And I've even lived out in Thousand Oaks, uh, way out there. Oh my gosh, and you've so, been everywhere. <laughs> SoCal, SoCal is a great, uh, a great area, and a lot of different uh, mini cities uh, within the area. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's where I where I'm from, and what I know. And uh, and the easiest thing to do is to build something where you're from because you have you have access to support and resources mm-hmm. and such. And in, our, in today's digital world, it really doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, our team is global. I mean, half our team is overseas. So it doesn't really matter where you're at. But uh, I mean, I'm looking outside right now. I'm in shorts and, uh, and it's uh, it's a little foggy, but it's, uh, you know, it's really nice. It's a beautiful day in the, in the coast. Since you have such a great perspective on L.A.'s history and being from L.A., I'm born and raised in L.A. as well. And then what do you think is the future of L.A., especially like after the pandemic? I've always felt that L.A. is about to come back even stronger than it was before the pandemic. What is your perspective on where L.A. is going in relation to the tech, the tech community? I think that uh, the Bay Area no longer has a stranglehold on uh, on tech. I mean, even if you think about fundraising, right? Like if you want to raise money, you know, you go hat in hand to, you know, uh, the, the Bay Area. And that's where all the main VCs were and all the biz dev that happens. And to a certain extent, you know, they're still up there. But I really believe that the pandemic is showing us that uh, that we can all work and live really wherever we want to. LA is certainly a, a great place to live, but I know a lot of people that are moving to places like uh, uh, Coeur d'Alene and, uh, you know, Butte, Montana and, and places <laughs> that are just beautiful, right? And so I, I think that it, it gives LA tech companies the ability to attract talent globally and the comfort to do so. Because I, I do think that there was a certain amount of hesitation to be, uh, to have remote workers, let alone be fully remote, I- I'm getting to the point where I'm actually making a decision to give up our lease because oh, wow, I don't, I just don't think you need an office anymore. I think office is so old school these days. Interesting. There's been a lot of difference of opinion on, on that. Like some people think that. And then I've always been about that remote way. And then some people think, nope, nope, we have to get back to the office culture. I was looking at, um, I can't remember one, one big tech company earlier this week, and they were saying that communication is getting lost, like the, or the culture of the company is getting lost and working remote. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I I think you need to take time to continue to build culture. So we start meetings at Nimble where we're telling stories like yeah. what'd you do this weekend? What'd you cook this weekend? Where'd you go? What, what's right. going on? Right? right. And that conversation could last 15 minutes. It could even last 20 or sometimes mm. 30 because people get into telling their stories and 
the best way to connect with others is what I call the five F's of life, family, friend, food, family, and fellowship. These are the commonalities that you share in order to build the intimacy and trust that you need so that when the bullets inevitably start flying, that yeah. that person in the trends digitally next to you is going to have your back. And there's a higher probability that they'll have your back if they, quote, know, like, and trust you. And so in the old days, when you go in somebody's office, you look at the walls, look at the books they read, the degree of the school they went to, the albums that they listen to. Those are my records back there. That's some of them. <laughs> and today we do it digitally. And I think that you need to give space for human connection in, mm. uh, in, in the corporate world. We used to do that around the coffee, around the water cooler or whatever you know the, the thing is. But I think there's a high propensity of distraction that can happen at the office. And also a reliance on people that are sort of not willing to be structured and organized and concise. And I think that in our digital world, you're really forced to be structured, uh, organized and concise. And, uh, and I think it's better. I, I, I could put my head down. I get shit done. I love it. And circling back to Nimble specifically, um, the first thing, and we talked about this just a bit earlier, is I, when I discovered it, I'm like, oh, how cool social CRM. And, you know, Nimble really like championed that in, in the tech space for prioritizing social relationships within your CRM thinking, your contact management. Where is Nimble today? And who is Nimble for? Like, who should be thinking about it? I still have Nimble in my mind if I want to form really high-quality relationships and not just be exclusive to an email address, but really find out, like, who someone is on the rest of their their social identity. Mm-hmm. Nimble is a place to go to do that. How would you describe Nimble? I'd say that Nimble is the relationship serum. We're the one that's focused on enabling an individual or a team of people to collaboratively build the trusted relationships that they need to build in order to achieve their goals. If you Google CRM and you go to places like Salesforce or Pipedrive, they're the sales CRM. They say that right on their website. And they're basically for pounding prospects and customers until they buy or die. And I think that that's sort of an old mentality of sales that has made sales a four-letter word, even though it's five letters, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and so I think it's one of the biggest reasons why people don't use a CRM is because it's not built for relationships, it's built for reporting. So CRM is supposed to stand for customer relationship management. I think it stands for customer reporting management. And I know a thing or two about this because I invented CRM. I invented contact management. In fact, some people don't know, I actually invented market automation. So if you Google automated processes goldmine, you'll see I trademarked automated processes 30 years ago, which was actions based on triggers. You could put a name in goldmine if it looked like this, goldmine would do that. But the thing is, is that Goldmine started as a relationship manager for the team, not a CRM. And so the the root of CRM is contact management. Then it evolved into SFA, where you added the the sales engagement things that you needed. Then it evolved into CRM, which is the pipeline and the reporting stuff. That's kind of where Siebel came in and then Salesforce followed them. And I think that we, we we got lost. And so Nimble is for individuals and teams that value relationships and want to scale those relationships to achieve their goals. And they're not just interested in pounding leads and putting them in a deal to buy or die. I mean, I think that's where we always should have been. One thing that I found really annoying with the pandemic is a lot of conversations right when the pandemic started were, oh, how do we care about our customers? I'm like, what are you talking? Like, 
Shouldn't you have been doing that, like, regardless of a pandemic? One of the features that you really are enhancing today that you're talking about that you you built so long ago is automation, but I like to call it authentic automation. It's like taking the stress out of operations in order to focus on the relationship. So can you talk a a little bit about your workflows? You bet. So number one is what makes Nimble unique from the other CRMs is that you work for the other CRMs, they don't work for you and you have to go to them to use them. So before a meeting, you should get to know who somebody is and what their business is about. Right now, you Google them. Tomorrow, you'll Nimble them. Nimble automatically builds your CRM from the contacts that you have. You have them in G Suite or in Google and Microsoft and in social and in the business apps that you use. What we do is we consolidate those contacts and enrich them with the people and company data so you don't have to go Google and type stuff in. We synchronize every interaction that you and the team have on email, calendar, and social. And then we work where you work. Where do you live? I live in my inbox. I live in social. I live in other business apps. I live in my browser looking at companies and engaging. And so your CRM should sit there like a little nudge on your shoulder helping you to remember who somebody is, what the business is about and the history of interactions and what's going to happen and who's going to do it. And if you don't have a record for that person to automatically build a record from mm-hmm. whatever data you have, uh, an email, a social handle, a, a name, first and last name. But the whole thing about Nimble is that if you're using it for a team to collaboratively build relationships, well, there's typically workflows and processes that you go through in order to do that. So if you're going to hire somebody, there's a flow for that. There's a workflow for that. You, you put an ad in the uh, you know, ZipRecruiter or whatever, and you get emails in, and then you look at the email and you do a sniff test. You look at the resume, you look at the social, the LinkedIn profile, you say, okay, is this person fit us? If they do, you schedule a call. Then you have that call. And if you like what you hear, you might give them an assignment. They do the assignment. You like what they did. You might then have them talk to the next person, blah, blah, blah. So today, most people manage those types of workflows and relationships and spreadsheets, or they try to use things like Trello. The problem with spreadsheets and things like Trello is the task, the repeatable tasks that you're doing that are related to people and companies aren't connected to the people and companies you're connecting to. So when you're engaging with them in email or social or in your CRM, you don't have the workflow built into that. And so we basically took uh, the Kanban board idea of a Trello or Jira, and we basically embedded that into Nimble. So you have this board with a series of stages that you can define, that you can then define cards of people and company cards with unique fields that are related to the workflow that you're doing that you can then put them through these processes. And then we went and surveyed all the standard things that you do at a company outside of just sales in uh, marketing, customer service, accounting, HR, uh, PR, influencer marketing, uh, fundraising, investor relations, uh, analyst relations, all those different things. And we basically built templates that you could just select them and they automatically will set these things up. So when you onboard a Nimble, We have dozens of templates that fit the kind of typical repeatable process that you do. And then you can go modify the stages or the fields that we've defined for you to suit your business. And then no matter where you're at, let's pretend we're at LinkedIn. We see somebody that we actually want to connect to. Today, you might just send them a connection and forget about it. With Nimble, you can send them a connection and put them in a relationship workflow that you can then take that relationship from the initial connection into a measurable, mutual, beneficial outcome that you're trying to achieve. And you do this all the time, whether you're outreaching for podcast guests or 
whatever you do. And now you can do that type of workflow process, not only in Nimble, but wherever you're engaging. There's so much that I look into when it comes to like operations and essentially taking our energy and resource to do work that is taking us away from building the relationship itself. Like Mm -hmm. all of that is the stuff that should be automated. I love, I love what you're talking about. What are some places in Los Angeles you recommend that somebody just new to LA for, for startup and tech and they're getting their life started? Where would you recommend that they go? One of my favorite hikes is uh, Sandstone Peak. If you Google All Trail Sandstone Peak, you'll get the the link for that. And it just so happens to be a a sacred Chumash burial ground out by Boney Point at the far end of the Santa Monica. It's the highest peak in Santa Monica. And that's a hike that I recommend. Someplace more in town, uh, the Bradbury Building is one of... uh, a really unique architecture and there's a really great walk in downtown LA that you could self guide yourself through a lot of the different architecture. Uh, Downtown LA has really come back uh, as someplace uh, fantastic. And, uh, and then beyond that uh, I'd recommend uh, some of the great museums that we have. Uh, I love the Getty museum uh, up uh, off the 405. I love the Paul Simon museum. Um, And then I love music. Uh, there's some great bands that, that happen in some of the off sort of small theaters, like the Orpheum Theater in downtown L.A. Um, or the Hollywood Bowl. Like I just went and saw the dead at the Hollywood Bowl. And uh, there's no place better to see a concert than outdoors in Under the Stars in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, my gosh. I haven't even done that hike or gone. I'm like, I'm going to go on the walk and do the hike. That's so cool. And I always like to ask, is there an LA tech talent or company you've come across lately who's really impressed you? There's a company called uh, Phone Burner that people just love to use. And, you know, it's amazing how powerful the phone can be, uh, just picking up the phone and calling people. And today it's still one of the best ways to connect with people it still is a cold call, and I'm not a big fan of that. But uh, if you do have to make phone calls, it's great to automate them. A company called Phone Burner is a SoCal company that uh, that does a really good job with dialing the phone. And I know it sounds basic, <laughs> but you know sometimes you have to just pick up the effing phone and uh, and call people up. Do you happen to know where in LA they're, that they're based? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I think it's in OC. Oh, perfect. I love it. I want to give more love to Orange County. I feel like they don't get enough love. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's, it seems so close, yet it's, it feels so far away. I think it has to do with the traffic. I mean, it used to take a couple hours to get down to Orange County sometimes with traffic in LA, but traffic's gotten a lot better in LA. And I now have a one of those electric uh, combo cars that allows me to drive in the carpool lane. So I just... Uh, I love uh, I love commuting during COVID. <laughs> and a couple last questions. One is, what is the best piece of advice you'd say you've ever gotten? One of my first jobs out of college was uh, working at Hughes Space and Com and then Hughes Missile Systems. And there was this old guy that worked at uh, Hughes Missile Systems. There was like 15,000 people that worked at that plant site in Canoga Park. And uh, he happened to be friends with my uncle, who invented radar and microwave at MIT in the 40s. He was my mentor back in the day, my Uncle John. He would always tell me stories. I shoulda, coulda, woulda. And I said to him, shoulda, coulda, woulda, what? 
And he said, I should have, could have, would have left Hughes to go start TRW with my friends that started TRW or Litton that started Litton. And I took that to heart in my life. And so uh, when I got my computer science degree, I worked for, at Hughes for two years. And then I worked at Banyan for two years, a startup out of Boston. And then I started Goldmine. So I basically had four years of, of out of college experience, but I worked my way through college. So I had a, quite a bit of experience there. And when I was struggling to manage sales uh, as a sales rep at Banyan, and I looked around, I couldn't find a tool to manage relationships for myself and my team or the sales processes, his thing rung in my head, never say shoulda, coulda, woulda. So I, I didn't want to say shoulda, coulda, woulda. I knew I could always go get a job. I mean, I'm a, I'm a tech guy with years of experience. There's plenty of jobs. And I uh, didn't own a home, wasn't married. So this is my opportunity to take my shot. And I don't think I could have done it uh, if I didn't have that sort of thing in my head saying, yeah, jump off the cliff and build the airplane on the way down. Uh, just go for it. It's all going to be okay. And so um, my advice to anybody listening to this today who dreams big is read the book, Think and Grow Rich and take your your dreams and put them out to the universe. Trust in the universe ability to deliver and be present enough to listen when the universe knocks, brave enough to open the door and walk through that door. Don't say shoulda, coulda, woulda in your life. I love that. How can people connect with you, John? Well, you know what? You can Google me or better yet, nimble me. Uh, go sign up at nimble.com. If you like what you see, uh, use the code John 40 and get uh, 40% off the first three months. But but seriously, Google me and you'll see that I show up pretty significantly right there on the first page and select whatever channel is most comfortable for you or email me, joanne at nimble.com. Can't be easier than that. And my last tip to you is Google yourself. Are you happy with the way that you show up on social media? If not, build a Wikipedia page for yourself. It's free and it's easy as long as you follow the rules. You could basically control what people see, a nice little box with your avatar and your bio and your history right there on the first page. For I think that is a great tip for some people as, as we leave them in this interview who may not know how to create their own wiki page. Do you have a couple like one, two, three steps to, to even wrap yeah, around it, it? it? Sure. It's all about citing uh, external citations for whatever you say. And there is a process for that. And if you follow the process, you'll be fine. If you don't follow the process, people will not only delete the things that you say about yourself, but they might just delete your whole page. And then it gets harder to put it up. So if you Google how to build a Wikipedia page on yourself or your company, which you should have, if you're a tech entrepreneur and you don't have a Wikipedia page on your company and yourself, you're missing the opportunity to control and add to the conversation. You just need to follow the guidelines uh, to do it. Awesome. Thank you so much, John, for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech Pod. Yeah, Tech LA. <laughs> to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the Los Angeles tech community, remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. We are LA. Ta, 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 ta. <laughs> <laughs> and say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is John Ferrara, CEO of Nimble, creator of relationship management systems for individuals and teams looking to scale 
relationships that help them achieve their dreams. We're based in Santa Monica, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.